Life Audio. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Hey, we're back, baby. Episode 56, and love is in the air. Ooh, I can feel it, man. It's, you feel that, dude? There's the something air. going on. Do, there's something moving. There's something moving. There's I don't know what's moving. happening. It's, uh, we're one week removed from uh, the Love Connection episode. Where mm. we, and I'm happy to say that Ryan is officially married. I'm happily married, guys. He has three kids. It's been good, man. It's and, been a ride. And two grandkids. So, man, <laughs> that was a good move. I'm glad that we did it. I'm it's been a ride. It's been a journey. Um, I mean, thanks, I'd like to They think. moved a little quick, but hey, man, you're married now. You're, yeah. you're out of the dating pool. He is no longer single. Ladies, I apologize. No, just kidding. Tell us about the response that you've gotten from the Christian Mingle Setup episode. Um, it's been good. So what we didn't know whenever we made the page, we were under the impression that like if someone liked my pictures or messaged me or whatever would happen that I could like actually see their profile and yeah. see their page, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when I got likes and messages, you try to click on them and it takes you immediately to a subscription page. Okay. So Adam is telling me now that I'm putting a price on love and what the price on love is. If you didn't know the price on love is forty nine ninety nine a month. So let's get a GoFundMe page started <laughs> right here in the links below in the show notes below. We have a GoFundMe, the price of love for Ryan Chedister because he's too cheap to actually go into the app that we started. So, but I think your fear is that it's all Russian bots and it's not really. Women so have yeah. Right. I don't know if it, it's like these bot things where like you pay for the subscription service and then it's like half the bots disappear from the messages and all that. So, but I am actually thinking about possibly giving it a month. Yeah. That, so yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah. That's like the whole point of the episode, huh? Was to like well, actually give it a shot. Yeah. 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 So I have received a lot of messages and comments and stuff like that. I just can't read them nor see them yet. So I need to buy a subscription, obviously. Comment below what you think. Should he, is this not ridiculous? Should he not have activated his account? Basically, it's activating the account, right? You yeah, essentially, people, yes. Because he showed me his phone. Is like the people; these women are smiling at you. I'm guessing that's like saying hello. Uh, I guess it's a like, and or, you could see like their profile picture. But once you click on it, it does. It goes to the hey, actually join this instead of just using it as a joke on a podcast page. And you got to put <laughs> a credit card in. So, so yeah, I think you should comment below. If if enough people comment, then you'll do it, right? Yes. Okay. Well. That's that was I was really planning on that being about a seven. No, I got I got something. I got something here. You ready? Yeah. So Adam and I are in a S2L recovery fantasy football league. That's true. And we just so happened to play each other this week. Yeah. And I meant to leave my phone on. I turned it off. So I'm not going to go through the hassle of, you know, turning it on. But some would say I smashed him this week, right? Some would say it was a bully beatdown. And right you don't have to do it now. You can do it Yeah, you can do it in post. You You're good. It it's post. good. Just a little punch in. But right now it's 129 to, what is it, 84? Yeah, so it's And is he's it over? got his is it over? kicker left. Yes, it's over. It's not over until it's I over. say it's over. 
that might have been the. I've seen bigger comebacks in less amount of time. Okay, okay. I have a kicker, and I'm down 40, 50. <laughs> and all I have left is my kicker. But did you see the names? His name is what's your name? Oh, I you think just, just Ryan Shitterstein. Yeah, that's that's my. <laughs> and my name was Winner Winner Chicken Bitter. Uh, yeah, you got me this week. You got me this week. How's that feel? Uh, do you want me to be honest? Yeah. It's absolutely euphoric. It feels <laughs> phenomenal. It feels amazing. <laughs> like, I I really don't have the words to describe it. It feels wonderful. Oh, wow. And, and your your uh, Houston Angels are in the... Come, <clears throat> come on. Are in the World Series? Houston Astros going to the World Series, baby. So, I told my Angels. brothers and, and my uh, dad to message their vendors and try and get us some tickets because I want to fly home for a game. So we've been to four World Series in the last six years. It's not a big deal. So y'all don't make it a big deal. I know a lot of you guys at home are making it a big deal, y'all making it seem too, like right? the Astros are the greatest team ever. But y'all won those. We'll World talk Series? about it later. Okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> We're back in the World Series. I do think we got to give him his due. He did wear a Braves jersey on one of the episodes. So hey, I that's think, right. You didn't. You're not wearing any Astros attire right now. But <laughs> I'm sure you will be. So who are they playing? We are playing the Philadelphia Phillies. Who are they playing? They beat. You said we. Yeah, we. Well, Houston yeah. strong. I'm a Houstonian baby. Okay. Okay. So they beat the Phillies. Beat uh, Mike's team, which is the Atlanta Braves, and mm-hmm. then they beat Tom's team, which is the San Diego Padres. So they said that the Astros have to beat them for beating both their teams. Okay. Hopefully by now we're going to transition away from that uh, because if not, Chester will talk about it for the next 25 minutes. <laughs> Uh, but hopefully you guys saw on Tuesday or listened to on Tuesday, hope after – wait a minute. Something weird What was happened. that? You something that? moved. Yeah, something moved. It feels moved. very Star Trek-y, like I'm about to be beamed up or something. Hold on. Oh. Hope After Addiction 2, which is, hope you know, the name that we yeah. chose because I think we know most of you guys feel hopeless and feel yeah. lost and – just to reiterate that there is hope at the other end of the tunnel and there is hope inside of it, you know. The girls just took over. I hope that you went and watched that episode. We're so proud of them, so excited to see what's coming. It was a great episode, kind of an introductory episode, and it's really for the families of those uh, struggling with addiction. So Hope After Addiction, there's a link in the show notes. Go check them out. Subscribe to their channel, please. Uh, They're going to put an episode out every Tuesday at 5 a.m., uh, and you could listen to it as well on Spotify and those other places. So, yeah, man, I think we got all of the intro out. I think it's probably at this that's point a, time to go to our first commercial break. That's a big deal, though, man, Hope yeah. After Addiction. I've been here five years. You've been here ten years, and it's like that's an avenue that families has always, have always sought after. Yeah. is like uh, an avenue just like that where they can be fed, where they can receive wisdom, where they can receive counsel, where they can receive guidance yeah. on how to navigate. And Absolutely. know that there's other people out there. Yep. And, yeah, man. And they're not alone, you know. I remember Katie saying in her kind of her story, she probably said it on her podcast, but just going down bookstore aisles and Christian bookstore mm. aisles, and there was just nothing out there for yep. her. And so – Really proud of them. Really, really uh, excited. And, um, yeah, also first time uh, producer Jorian by himself. Solo dolo, baby. Solo dolo on the ones and twos. Come on, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're excited about that. He's been editing and been producing the last couple episodes anyway. So, yeah, man. Carl, if you're watching, I forgot your last name. You're dead to me. (laughs) Stop. Stop. (laughs) 
Oh, Carl, we love you so much, man. And and uh, yeah, we're gonna miss him for a season. And I believe he's uh, he's always gonna be a part of us somehow. somehow. Amen. So we'll see him. He ain't soon. Going we nowhere. just talked to him this morning. So I'm just giving him a hard time. But let's do our first commercial break. We're about eight minutes in, and then uh, we'll come back and we'll talk to you about some things. Um, it's pretty near and dear to our heart, especially the way that we view recovery and, yeah. and biblical, and uh, it's it's just unashamed uh, or anti um, anonymous, you know, and not not alcoholics anonymous, not narcotics anonymous, not sex anonymous, not um, cocaine anonymous. Uh, anti-anonymous yeah. so it's going to get kind of juicy and it might step on some toes but we believe um, we really believe this and so take a quick break and we'll be back from a word from our sponsors Hello folks, my name is Derek Greer and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. And we're back. We're back. Hey, all right. So if you're just listening, uh, you heard a commercial, but we uh, are a little bit competitive, and we have a, um, what's it called, an ultimate um, paper, rock, scissors championship. There you go. There's only two of us in the league, but, yeah, we're maybe recruiting. Uh, we're in the top two, nonetheless. Two. <laughs> so however many people yeah. in the leagues are relevant, we're in the top two. I'm going to call Dana White to see if he has any talent that we need to recruit. Come on. Uh, but, yeah, so we're going to dive in, man. We're going to talk about uh, just being unashamed, and, and there's a sensitivity here. And, uh, Ryan, I was talking with a guy the other day, uh, and it really brought me back to a place. Like I, I, I try to, um, help in a healthy way, not in like an unhealthy way, but just for a mind space way to stay relevant, to stay. I try to feel sometimes what people are feeling. Uh, and it's not hard for me because I've felt it, you know, it's yeah. been years removed perhaps for certain things, some things I still feel today. Um, but I mean, I think it's healthy for me to be able to uh, engage and step into the pain, the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to word it, but I was just talking with someone that, that is, is recently walking in freedom and God did a mighty work in their life. And just the conversation came up just about meeting old friends and, or seeing people you haven't seen in a long time. And, you know, they kind of know what's going on and it's awkward. And, and so I was able to step into that place of, Man, that's a, it's like a pit in your stomach. You yeah, know? it's like, you know. And I had I had myself. I have my wife and I. We were high school sweethearts, and and man, we're still 
I'm really good friends with a lot of the guys and gals we went to high school with. Um, they live in another city now, most of them. And so I can relate seeing that group again, you know, after Adam went away for a while, yep. after they saw the devastation that I left in, in Katie's path, there was, there was a moment that a season there of just like shame and guilt. And I probably couldn't make eye contact with them and, you know, maybe even avoiding them, uh, in social settings because it was like, um, I don't know. It was hard. There was shame right of the life that i lived and, and as i've grown in christ uh, I, i'm able to speak into that from this side of things and i think that's fair for us to do so the episode's kind of like being unashamed but also anti-anonymous uh, i think if i uh, were to be anonymous with my struggles one people knew right they knew the devastation but they'll never know the amazing um restoration mm -hmm. Uh, this podcast wouldn't exist, not that it's reaching 7 billion, but it is in the millions now, right? Got a call from, um, okay, I'll drop It's not it. a big deal. We'll okay, talk about it later. Don't make it a big deal. It's not a big deal. Um, I, I would not be as vocal as I am. We would not have made a documentary. Um, I believe the opposite, anti-anonymous. And, and so being able to speak into that from this side of things, I was able to feel it again. And that's not a good feeling, man. And you yeah. know the feeling, right? Yeah. Um, it is. It's like it's almost like a shame-filled thing. But on this side of things, 10 years removed, looking back and also being able to speak to this brother that I was talking to, man, what am I? I'm ashamed of what? My past? Okay. Well, if I believe what I proclaim, that I've been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live. That, uh, Or if you go to 2 Corinthians and you, and you talk about uh, I'm a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come. If I believe that, then that shame is also gone, right? If I believe that I am a new creation in Christ, if I believe all these things, then then I can't dwell in the shame and the guilt of the dead man. Yeah. Because I'm new. That's point one. Point two, me acting like I'm feeling shame-filled, me having conversations with people with my eyes to the floor or um, avoiding social things because of the shame, the guilt of what I've done, it also doesn't allow me to show how thankful I am to Christ for restoration, me to, for saving me, for rescuing me from the pit of hell, from uh, all of the things that I can say. So when I'm quiet, I'm not giving God glory. Amen. And so that's kind of like the place that I'm in now. And obviously, guys, I, I, I'm well aware it's easy for me to say that this at 10 years removed. But the truth is the same. It doesn't, it doesn't, change that what I'm saying is not true for the guy that's two months walking in freedom. It doesn't mean that you boast you, you, like about, Hey, I've pulled my bootstraps up and it, no, no, no. Everything I say is, is God did this. God did this. I had only surrendered to him and it was not me. I didn't have any power to do that, but God allowed me to, he gave me the faith. He gave me the, um, he just saved me. He, he gave a, a man who had a heart of stone and then just gave me a beating heart of flesh, man. To him be the glory. To him be the praise. All of this, anything I do in my life now, it's to bring him glory, to bring him praise, to glorify his name, to make his name famous. So I'm not going to be quiet about that. Yeah. I'm not going to be ashamed of that. Yeah. And I'm not going to be anonymous about that either. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's a real thing, you know, especially coming out of addiction, um, going to a program, getting out and going back to your regular life. It's like... 
I know all of us can relate if you've struggled with that and like avoiding those Christmases with when the whole family gets together, avoiding those Thanksgivings, avoiding those, you know, family occasions where it's probably going to be brought up about how are you doing? Is everything okay? Are you doing? And it, it, it can, it can feel emasculating. I know it doesn't come from a wrong place in our family when they're saying that, but just our pride will flare up within us. And it's like, dude, I don't want to talk about me living a life of addiction for so many years over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, um, I don't know, something switched in me, something switched in me. And I've talked about it before, but when I knew that I was done, that I was done, that I was done, none of that mattered to me anymore. Yeah. It was honestly irrelevant. Yeah. Like it was washed clean. Didn't even register on my radar anymore. It's like, Man, I'm so grateful and thankful for the things Christ has delivered me from that I will shout it from the rooftops. Now, where it is a still can be a hang up for me, and I'll be honest, is dating, for instance, mm-hmm. being out front. You yeah. know, I'm going to always be that way because I'm not ashamed of it. But for whatever reason, it is like, all right, here, my name's Ryan. I'm going to just drop this on you real quick and you go where you want with it. Yeah. So in that sense, you know, there is ways in which I can grow and not feeling ashamed. It's not that I desire to be anonymous, but you know, um, it can be a difficult thing to navigate through at first. Yeah. So, so agree. Yes. I'm not saying, so there's two things I want to say. One, hear me, someone who was walking in freedom early on. I'm not saying that the family doesn't have the right to treat me any certain way. Hmm. They could treat me however they want, and I just, you know, I caused that. I caused that with my actions, with my words, with my lack of integrity, with my lying, with my thieving. I caused that. So I'm not saying I dictate how they are. Now, I will say if you're consistent and you're walking in freedom and you're chasing our after the Lord for five years and there's people in your life that still, that's on them right? They need, they need to heal and they're not doing the work and that, that, and there might need to be some distance for you, uh, with them. Now to your point, I'm also not saying that you're just like, Hey, I'm Ryan. When I go on a date, I used to do drugs. <laughs> That's obviously conversation the same way you went to like, Hey, I'm Ryan. When I go on a date, my dad spanked me when I was little and, and I have got grounded for stealing a car once, you know, whatever. It right. Is. Correct. I correct. mean, that's relationship building. Correct. But you got to know, they know how to Google, right? Mm-hmm. The women that you're dating know how to Google. And I think that you you probably in the first conversation is going to talk about where you work, and right. what you do, where you serve. Yeah. And so you bring it up in like an organic way. Right. I mean, if they just Google Ryan C-H-I, your name's the first. Stop. What? <laughs> Ridiculous, dude. Ridiculous. He goes, stop. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and I mean, that's funny, but, but yeah, I mean, so obviously there's common sense. I, I, I'm not proclaim, I'm not asking everyone to say that they tie themselves to whatever in their introduction, but it is a part of your journey. Yeah. Uh, and it will, if you're being honest in a relationship, it will come up. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I would hope, and I would hope that she, uh, as you're dating to marry, you're gonna, you're gonna know what's in some of your laundry. Right. Yeah. That, that's what you, you, that's what building a relationship and trust is and knowing about that. Uh, and you're on a podcast Yeah, <laughs> talks about, you gave your testimony. There's an episode where you tell, tell all, you know, at least uh, in the rating that we can for YouTube. So I think that's kind of my point. Do you think anti, 
anonymous could be partially or let me excuse me anonymous could be partially like fear based in a sense of if I tell other people that I found freedom if I tell other people I found sobriety and I'm walking in that sobriety and then one day something happens and I go back to addiction do you think it's easier to hide in that when I haven't proclaimed that I'm free when I haven't proclaimed that I'm sober when I haven't proclaimed that I turned my life around and so it causes me to want to stay anonymous for that what if factor in the back of my head I'm just thinking out loud you know what I'm saying I do and I think there's a lot of dangers in a lot of areas when you anything anonymous anonymous makes me um, almost cringe in the aspect of I don't think that we're meant to be anonymous. I don't think that we're, and I know this isn't the right vocab, but I just feel like things that are in the dark eventually come into the light. And um, the Bible talks about, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And I I think the anonymous part is maybe from an era. It's still there. It's still in all the meetings. And I mean, basically everything in their little anonymous or anonymity statement, uh, will say, please don't do the very opposite of what we're doing. We're broadcasting, we're proclaiming, we're saying this is who we were. Um, But I think it came to an era when there was a lot of stigma. There's still a lot of stigma. Uh, And people were probably, hey, if if my work finds out I could lose my job, if I this and this and this and this, you know, I don't want people to know this because it could affect my life. And and I kind of get some of that. At the same time, though, man, I'm not that anymore. And I, I'm not that anymore, not because of my own power, not because of, I did 12 steps and I earned this sobriety or this, um, it's not even, it's not even really freedom. It's sobriety and it's, um, remission. Yeah. I earned this remission because I did these steps and I called my sponsor. I I didn't do any of that. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Let me read that leads me kind of Mm -hmm. in here and, and I guess why I'm so passionate. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, Paul writes in the, in the letter to uh, Rome in Romans. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Um, one, I, th- I think power here and and the greek is dunamis and it's the word where the word that we get dynamite for the power it's powerful i mean you throw a stick of dynamite light and throw it in that room in there and that room is changing yeah right it's it's blown up it's not the same it's powerful and what is paul saying the holy spirit writing through paul obviously so these are the words of god he used a man named paul uh to write a lot of the new testament and he says i'm not ashamed of the gospel why for it is the power of God for salvation. Well, what's the gospel, right? Well, the gospel is, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. The righteousness of God is revealed in us because of the gospel. Well, what's the gospel? The gospel is that from the beginning of time, uh, in Genesis 1, God created all things, and they are perfect in perfect unity, and there was no sin. Well, you move forward a couple chapters, and all of a sudden man stopped wanting to be like God, and they wanted to be God. Adam and Eve, they sinned, and then there was a separation from God. Radical separation. No more perfection. No more bliss with God because God can't look upon sin. And before we can get mad at Adam and Eve, we've all taken place in the sin game. We've all actively participated in this sin. 
So there's a separation because a holy God can't look upon or be in the presence of sin. And man, that's like, that seems weird to think, but then if you really boil that down, it's like, really, God, your standards are pretty high. But if you really boil that down, could we worship a God or serve a God that wasn't perfect? Because no. if we could, then you and I could be gods. Correct. And I can't, I mean, we would all make lousy That gods. ends very badly. Very badly. Yeah. Very badly. And so God, being just, right, and perfect, can't allow sin in his presence. But even from that same chapter, the first gospel presentation was was proclaimed. It's called the Proto-Evangelum, the first gospel. He tells the enemy that you will bruise his heel and he will crush your head, right? Jesus will crush the head. All the Old Testament's pointing to this Jesus. We see these things, these sacrifices, these these shadows of what's to come, and the blood had to be shed, the penalty of sin, the wages of sin is death. Well, they had to die. Blood, the life is in the blood, so they had to have blood sacrifices to atone for the sin, Every year, more and more sacrifices. There wasn't an ultimate atonement, all pointing to this Jesus. And then God, being the only one that can meet the criteria of perfection, right, entered into his own creation as the son Jesus and splits time where B.C. becomes A.D., Mm. right? He lives perfect. He lives that standard of perfection for 33 and a half years, not one second of sin, not a millisecond of lust or unrighteous anger or jealousy or he kept the Ten Commandments perfectly and all then 33 and a half years of doing that he willingly goes to the cross he's beaten he's spit on the shame we talked about he despises the shame and he dies willingly for us and then he says on the cross at the end it is finished well what Mm. is finished the proto-evangelum he crushed his head it's crushed. So now what the gospel says, what Paul's saying that he's not ashamed of, is that if, if you surrender your life to Christ, if he is your Lord of all, then now the righteousness of God is revealed and Jesus' righteousness is imputed to you and your sin is paid for by him on the cross. And so now when God sees us, this is the gospel, guys, when God sees us surrendered to Christ, that we're seen as perfect, mm. spotless blameless we're seen as the son and so we are with god again in perfect unity we're with god even though we're not perfect that blood of the lamb even another shadow like if you look at the exodus and jesus they put the perfect blood of a lamb over their over their doorpost and the angel of death passed over their house and then john the baptist thousands of years later says look behold the lamb of god who takes Mm. away the sin of the world this is the gospel so hear this this power this dunamis I'm not ashamed of the gospel, Paul says, because it is the power of God for salvation. Now, I'm going to roll this back. Why I'm not ashamed, why I'm not anonymous, because it has nothing to do with me. I'm just a vessel, a canvas that God decided to use and write on. And he now uses me to proclaim this very gospel. So if I'm quiet about what God's done, if I'm quiet about who I am now in Christ, what am I really saying? And I'm not putting this on everyone. I understand I was not this bold 10 years ago. I feel the shame and the guilt of those situations, and I made myself go back into that place now. But yet I still say, I still say, seen wisdom. If you want to learn, you want to learn from someone who's been through it. If you want to learn how to be a baseball player, then you want to know a guy who's maybe been a a great pitcher for a long time. He's got wisdom. He knows the game, right? 10 years in now of walking in freedom, I'm telling you, on day one, I wish someone would have said this to me because it changes perspective. 
It's not easy, but it changes perspective, right? If I could be as bold to say, yeah, it's not about me, but look what God's done. Wow, going through it and just celebrating every victory. Wow, my wife took my phone call today. Wow, um, I, I got to talk to a guy about, I got, I got to be a light to a guy who's only five days walking in freedom, and he sees that I'm doing it, and I'm 20 days walking in freedom, and we got to have fellowship. To God be the glory. That's what I'm saying. That's why the power of God is revealed in the gospel, but if you are quiet about the gospel, it's almost a trick of the enemy, man. Mm. It's almost a trick of the enemy that you're not going to proclaim the reason that I'm free is not me, it's him, but I can't talk about it because I'm ashamed. Mm. That guy's dead. You know, he's been crucified with Christ. Amen. He don't talk anyway. And that's exactly why we're so unashamed. That's exactly why we choose to be non-anonymous is because it's not about us. And the scripture that that was on my heart when we were discussing this is Second Corinthians twelve nine and ten, and Paul says, "But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities." For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's like you said, like he chose us as a vessel to display his power, to display his authority, to display his existence and what he can do in a man or woman's life when he gets a hold of their heart. When you devote yourself to the things of God, he can do things that are not of this world, that are supernatural, that other people look upon you and say, I have no idea how that happened. And even the unbeliever in that instance will say, praise God, (laughs) praise God, because, man, it is his power and presence. I'd say it all the time and I'll say it again. That's what drew me in here when I came to S2L five years ago for the first time. There was something tangibly different about the men who served here. Like it was evident. Like before I could recite one single verse, know who Jesus was, any of that. Obviously, salvation comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But like his evidence was on display in the men that I could see, that I could walk with, that I could talk to, that were praying over me, that had shared similar stories and testimonies in mine. And it wasn't just like, hey, man, I'm not using drugs. I'm not getting high. I'm not drinking. It was like this dude has joy undescribable. This dude has a peace I cannot explain. This dude just has a confidence. And it was just, man, it's it's it resonates with the deepest parts of you. And God draws you in little by little. Then you hear his word, you know, and then you feel his presence and then you begin to pray and then you begin to ask him. The most powerful prayer someone told me one time was uh, you could ever pray, especially for now, obviously for non-believers like God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. I had a guy come through here and and another SR actually told him this. He was struggling with faith. And he said, what I want you to do for the next 42 days while you're here, my brother, I want you to pray, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. Dude was saved, obviously, while he was in the program. But that is such a powerful prayer. If you struggle with faith, ask God. Ask God. If you are real, Lord, reveal yourself to me, but also be willing to see and be willing to acknowledge things that he sends your way. People he sends your way, you know, um, I believe help my me unbelief. in my unbelief. Mm. I got the joy, 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 joy down, down in my heart. heart. Where? Down, down in my heart. heart. Hey, down in my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. I want to come back with closing arguments. Yeah, I, I, we've we've been rocking. We meant to have this episode be a little bit shorter, but. 
quick break from a word from our sponsor. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. We're back. We're back. We're back. So, closing thought, and, and what the passage that, oh gosh, that was so good, man. Closing passage, I want to just read a little bit past. I read Romans 1, 16 and 17, and now, um, theologically, Romans is a mountain. Um, I think Romans would be, a lot of biblical scholars would say that Romans is the essence of the Bible. Every chapter in the book of Romans has an Old Testament um, reference. Uh, it really captures it. It's it's been said by scholars, biblical scholars, it's the greatest thing that's ever been penned. Um, but that was one sixteen and seventeen. That's actually the essence of Romans. So it's almost the essence of Romans, the essence of the Bible. Um, how a holy God can get a sinful man into heaven mm. without compromising his own holiness. Thank you, um, Jesus. And so here it goes in verse eighteen. And, and think about the topic: unashamed, uh, anti-anonymous. Um, says this. Verse 18, again, I'm not ashamed, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Now, in context, it's talking about um, people, people not acknowledging God, and then the, the verse goes on and talks about that it's been made clear. Like the, the God has been made clear from his own creation. There's no question. Everyone knows that there is a God. They might not, not have a salvific, a salvation knowledge and belief, but there, there's something out there greater than themselves, and it's clear to them, God says. But it's saying that the unrighteousness, the unrighteous suppress truth. Mm. And I feel me being anonymous suppresses the truth of mm. what God did in my life. Amen. Amen. And that's unrighteous. Yeah. I don't care. Like, if it makes me look dumb, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Like, if God says, hey, go make a documentary, and you're just like, huh, I played sports. I don't know how to use a camera. I don't know. But it's like, that's dumb to me. That doesn't make sense to me. And I could use other examples. But if I have to proclaim my failures over and over again and and tell everyone that I was getting divorced and that I was kicked out of everywhere I could live and I was a thief and a liar. I do that because of the key words there was. 
But that guy's dead now. He's been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live to him who died for me and loved me. That's not suppressing the truth. Is it true that that old dead man did those things? Yeah, it is. But what's even a beautiful, more gracious, amazing truth is that I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power, the dunamis of God for salvation. Me being quiet almost tries to fluff out the wick of that dynamite, man. Mm. You know? We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, man. And it's so true. It's like, why would I be quiet and be silenced about the one true God who can, in fact, save you, deliver you um, from the, the darkness and the death and the evil that is so prevalent in this world? He is the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through him. In no way, shape, or form am I going to be ashamed of that or anonymous about that. I will be unashamed, and I will proclaim that boldly because it is the truth. And guess what? This world doesn't like the truth, nor will it ever like the truth. So it's always going to be unpopular. You're always going to be an outcast. You're always going to be a bigot. You're always going to be accused of being hateful. You're always going to be accused of being inexclusive, like all those things. It's always going to be a thing. But... For those of us who the truth has been revealed to, man, you have no reason to be ashamed. Yeah. You have none. Be yeah. bold as a lion. And that's something you've you've helped me with a lot, you know, stepping out in faith. And, hey, persecution may come. Yeah. There may be slander, you know, slander thrown on your name. There may be people who come up against you. There may be powers that come up against you. There may be real things that happen. I'll do you one better. There will be. Yes. Not may. There yeah. will be. Yeah. But you can rest in the fact that, man... My name is written in the book of life, and I'm on the winning side. At the end of the day, what can man take from me? What can man do to me? Yeah, I'm untouchable. Mm. What I'm not saying, we're going to close with this. What I'm not saying, what Ryan's not saying, um, when we talk about not being ashamed, we're not talking about there's a free pass to just talk a death talk all the time. Just talk about how much dope you did and all these connections that you had. Not glorifying your past, right? Making sure that you're understanding that when we say that you're vocal and you're proud and you're unashamed and you're anti-anonymous, it's not about glorifying the sin. It's about glorifying the one that paid the cost for your sin that's right. willingly and said, it is finished. Because that's the power of God for salvation. Mm. And that is life after addiction. You better believe it. Come on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life After Addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Studio. For more Christ-centered addiction recovery resources, please visit s2l.net. That's S, the number two, L, dot net. For more information about S2L's licensed and accredited residential program, please visit s2lrecovery.org. That's S, the number two, L, recovery.org. We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of their faith-centered podcasts and their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless.
There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful, devotional, and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.